The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Hemke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. And what a week it has been since our last episode, Chris. Man, same intro every week. Yes, (laughs) what a week. This week's a little different than most, I feel, especially with the holidays and stuff like that. uh, The weather change up here in northern Illinois changes the tempo a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Also, this is like ramping up for Cyber Monday, Black Friday specials. Yep. So I know all of my dealers have been going nuts with getting all their promotions together and getting everything set up in that world. Yeah, thanks, dealers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been nice, man. It's yeah. been nice. Uh, obviously, we work with a lot of great distributors and online dealers and local shops all throughout the country. So we kind of get an idea of what everybody is into. Right. This year, it seems like... Um, Guys are going to be able to grab some some really good options. Stealth turbos are going to be up. Uh, yeah. Tuners are going to be up. Uh, tractor tunes are going to be up. Exergy. Exergy is doing a nice promo for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah. Talk to Rick and Rob over there. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Exergy, actually, we're going to jump right into Exergy do's and don'ts. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> I'm a natural. A natural transition there. It's, it's rare, but we get them once in a while. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll kick us off here. So Exergy do's and don'ts. Don't forget to watch for the lock washer when removing the shaft nut on Cummins applications. That happened to me. (laughs) That happened to me. This lock washer can easily fall down to the bottom of the front rear train cover, uh, which would require full disassembly of the front engine uh, for removal. Yeah. That happened to you, too? That happened to me. Yeah, all the way in? When I was building my 07 motor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember something about you doing it wrong multiple times. Um, if this washer is dropped down into the gear train cover without knowing, it will cause catastrophic damage to the assembly. Don't fuck it up. Wow. Yeah. Chris, well, hit us hit us with a nice lighthearted do after gonna, we just told Cummins just, guys you might destroy your shit. I'm just going to get right to it, right? <laughs> when running a dual or a triple CP3 setup, a high-pressure fuel line from each pump... Right. Run a separate high-pressure fuel line from each pump rail to the distribution block or rail that's, re- that's recommended. Yeah. Right? So, wow, people are really going to think I'm uh, – <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we're stumbling over it, but it's a really good point to make here. So wow. you don't you don't run a Y-splitter. No, no, absolutely not. They're individual high-pressure lines is what they're referring to. Um, you can also contact Exergy for any custom fuel rails that you might need or fuel lines. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and we have seen some uh, pretty goofy setups in the shop of guys who tried to wing this at home and tried to – I saw one guy try to run it in sync or, like, in parallel where he, like, fed one line and then fed the other pump. I haven't seen that. Uh, it was I mean, it was I interesting. Even, I can't even read what's on my paper. Right. So. <laughs> Today's I told, I told you guys it's one of those days. So. Wow. Well, speaking of one of those days, Chris, um, I had somebody who's probably had a little bit rougher of a day. Right. Okay. Uh, Sergeant First Class Valderrama, or Sergeant V, who's currently stationed in Kandahar Airfield, Afghanistan. Shot me a message. Uh, Sergeant V, I've been practicing pronouncing your name all fucking afternoon. I sit next to Paul. I heard it 10 times. <laughs> uh, he shot us over an email. He actually shot me an email. He's, we've been emailing back and forth. He's got an 06 Cummins. He's looking at a slight budget adjustment. So his initial goal was that 650, 700 horsepower mark. Now things have changed a little bit for him, and he's trying to do this more in stages. Mm-hmm. So his 06 Cummins already has a built trans lift pump, intake, exhaust, and 100 horsepower sticks. Wow. 
His next step he's looking at is a Stell 64, CP3, studs, track bars, and if the budget gets there, some other supporting stuff or some other fun parts. Talking about CP3 and injectors, obviously, from Exergy to get him upgraded. He wanted to know, Chris, and I think this will be a good one for you, uh, will my head be safe without studs with a 64 on it, 100 horsepower sticks, stock CP3? I like to do these, uh, you know, stages, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk like a stock injector, stock injection pump, add a turbo on there, I generally tell guys you're kind of at that cusp, right, where head studs are the next route to go. If you're going to swap out injectors, always do the head studs. Right. Now, he has a stock pump, so that's where the limiting factor is going to be. Um, I don't think that the stock pump's going to supply that much more uh Fuel supply, I guess, you know, to get that 100 horsepower injector to its full capabilities. Right. I definitely wouldn't just throw a CP3 on there without doing head studs, you know, and doing the small things like valve springs and push rods. Uh, we actually have a truck in the shop right now that has this identical carbon copy setup. Yeah. yeah. It's really it's really common. And that's why I thought this was such a good one from Sergeant V was yep. like, I've gotten this question three times this month, yeah. right? With guys who are looking at upgrading to a Cummins Stell 64 yeah. charger. They want to know, do I have to run head studs? Well, no, you don't have to, yeah. but it is going to be your next modification. Yeah. And we have seen stock power Cummins head gaskets give up. I mean, you see a lot of things. You know, when guys call into the shop or, you know, you you uh, send us a message on the Diesel Performance Podcast or, you know, I float around on all the forums on Facebook, you know, this is a frequently asked question, yeah. right? And a truck can have a failure at stock power level. The truck can have a failure at 800 horsepower level. It, it It's the luck of the draw. Within reason or what statistics show or what our general experience is, yeah. is... A stock head gasket, you know, they talk about, you know, you read the terms like 35 PSI, 40 PSI a boost, yada, yada, yada. Well, that doesn't make much sense because boost out of a stock turbocharger isn't the same as as boost out of like an S475. Right. There's not as much airflow there. So even though they're making the same pressure, we're moving a lot more air with a larger charger. The the quality of that. There you go. So, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about, you know, I'll go off of power, okay? Mm-hmm. I think 600 horsepower, you're at that cusp. I would not go any further, and I would not be beating on the truck for any great length of time, um, thinking that it's going to, you know, never fail. Right, you know? right. Once you want to turn it up, you know, once you want to get into that 650, 700 horse mark, which, I mean, he's there with everything he's got. Oh, like, yeah, he's, he's literally, close. he's an injection pump, and studs, you know, the valve springs, like I said, the little, the little couple dollar parts here, couple dollar parts here that add up. I mean... Like I said, I have a mega cab in the shop right now that uh, we're doing a trans build on. Uh, two years ago, we did the setup, and the truck did just over 700 to the rear tire on 35s. If he's doing this truck at home, how do you feel about going stud for stud? Uh, that truck, we went stud for stud. Uh, in the shop? Yeah. Um, my my buddy, John Flamont, truck, uh, we did a podcast with him a couple years back. That truck had 190,000 miles, you know, ran consistent, you know, mid-10s. Yeah. And that Big truck horsepower. Went, that truck. Yeah. Stud for stud. I have a couple other buddies. Thousand horse stud for stud. So. Do you know anybody who's gone stud for stud and it went catastrophically wrong? Unless they did the install wrong? No. Okay. You know, but I'm, those guys are out there. Like, I don't want I don't want those guys trolling us like, oh, well, my buddy did this because not every situation is the same. Fuck trolls. Let them troll. <laughs> troll me. Troll me. You know, it's just. I'm just playing. Don't troll me. If the truck's in, in good running shape and you can follow a basic set of instructions and you have the mechanical ability to do it. I mean, if it was me, that's what I would do. I've coached some guys through that in the past. Yeah. You know, if you have a bad head gasket or you know that you're having a little bit of an issue, I sure as hell wouldn't do that. Right. You know, pull the head, do it right. Okay. So. 
Okay, good advice. Speaking of good advice, we're hoping to get some today from Mike McHughes from XI Diesel. How the hell are you, Mike? I'm good. How about you guys? Good, good, Mike. I did not practice pronouncing your name all afternoon. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> good, good. Mike, you are over at XI Diesel. Um, we're going to ask you a little bit about kind of what you guys do there and what you specialize in. But first, tell us what got you started in diesel performance. Uh, actually, um, my start in diesel performance was with uh, Blair, my partner. Um, I've worked on a lot of gassers and uh, boats, stuff like that in the past. So uh, I was mechanically inclined. But um yeah, I've really only been working on it for about 10 years with him. Oh, just 10 years, he says. Just 10 years. <laughs> I mean, the diesel industry is, you know, the performance where it really boomed over just the last 10 years. Right. So you're, you're, you're there in the, cu- yeah, the cusp <laughs> of it. So. Okay, cool. Mike, uh, tell us, what do you guys do over there at XI Diesel? Uh, we do all kinds of stuff. We're mainly like a fab shop and a restoration shop, and our, our main focus is in military Humvee. Uh, and we also work on H1s. Um, and then we do diesel performance on mainly Duramaxes. Okay. Oh, very cool. Humvees, man. What is that like working with those? It's crazy. They're <laughs> all weird. <laughs> There's a, I, I guess I'm just going to dive into it. Is there a lot of room to work under those hoods? Because, I mean, they're a big, bulky motherfucker. So, like, tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, you would be shocked at how little room there is. Okay, okay. Um, like, I would say 40% of the size of the truck is fender well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. How did you guys get into that? Yeah. Well, uh, again, Blair has been in the uh, Hummer business since they first started selling them to civilians uh, in 1993. Cool. Okay. So, okay. yeah, he's just been in the business for all this time, and... Um, not a very big market, so. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> nice, small, small little niche within a niche, yeah, right? You know? know? Yeah, it is, it is. I like it. Okay. Well, over there working with the Humvees and working with military vehicles, my understanding is you have come across a few 6.5s in your life. Yes, sir, I have. Plenty of them. All right. Now, when I think of 6.5, I think of my two-door Tahoe with a 6.5 where I swapped the PMD three times. It spent more time on the rack than the road. I put four starters in it in three months. Like, my 6.5 was a giant piece of shit. And most people I know will also say that their old 6.5 was also an unreliable at the very least. Um, Is this the same 6.5 they've been using in these Humvees for all this time? No, not at all. It's actually gone through many revisions over the years. And the uh, a major difference between the uh, setup in your truck and the setup in the military truck is the military trucks don't have a PMD. <laughs> Go figure that one, Paul. Wait a minute. So I could have just deleted my PMD and it would have worked? God damn it. <laughs> sort of. Not really. It's a little more involved than that. The, the pump has changed from a uh, Stanodyne DS2 in the military trucks or a DB2 in the military trucks, and it's a DS four in the civilian and uh in the civilian truck what the hell does that and mean the, i'm sorry what, what does that mean what is that the db2 is fully mechanical the ds4 is a mechanical pump just like the db2 with electronic controls so it's essentially like a ve pump in the 12 valve world versus a vp44 in the 24 valve world in, in a sense exactly boom see school okay okay one go. of us gets it no i i get it. i got you okay so they've upgraded the pump in them, and that, that seems to be one of the big differences. Um, do they still feel as slow as my old 6.5 felt? 
Oh, yeah, they're slow as hell. <laughs> I'm not even going to go sugarcoat it. You know, yeah, they fucking suck. They're slow. So what is it about the platform? I mean, because I do Craigslisting here and there. I see the Hummers for sale. Legendary 6.5 liter is usually in the tag. Like, what is it about that engine that GM just can't shake it? Well, uh, GM did shake it, actually, uh, completely shook it in uh, 2001 when okay. the Duramax came out. At that point, there were no more 6.5s than anything civilian. Okay. The, um, and then the plant, the actual engine plant, got turned over to AM General and became GEP. Um, and they still make that engine almost strictly for uh, marine and military applications. Okay. So what kind of improvements were made for the fact for them to still use that motor in the Hummers? Yeah, they've gone through many improvements. Um, the major ones, though, were when they went to the optimizer, and then the latest major revision is called a P400. Uh, and basically they just kept adding material to the block because of the early webbing cracks. Um, they improved fuel, uh, I'm sorry, uh, coolant passages because of the overheating. Um, and then the P400 actually got the major changes. That's the current engine that goes in, mili- in the uh, military Humvees. Tell me about the P400. The P400 is, is still the same exact architecture, but it is uh, almost completely redesigned. Um, it uses like a completely different kind of material in the block. They went to a mains girdle. It's got a fully forged rotating assembly and balance. Um, let's see. What else did they do to it? They set it up for intercooling. Turbocharger change it all? about it. I'm sorry? Did the turbocharger change at all? Yes, the turbocharger has changed incrementally over the years. Um, but yes, it is a new turbocharger. It's called a GM7 turbo that's on the new new models. Now, with the, the engine code that you were giving us, what kind of power output does the new 6.5 make? It's uh, 250 horsepower and 550 torque. Man, I was assuming 400 horsepower, man. I was like, 400, <laughs> I got that. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it's... These motors are very agricultural. They're like tractor engines. They, they really were never designed to make power. They were designed to be economical to make, economical to run. Um, they were really built for fuel economy more than anything. Do you, do, do you think that's what their advantage is over like a common rail for their application? Or is there another reason that they're still using this kind of basically mechanical injection setup on a, on a military truck instead of going to common rail? Well, you know, I, mean, I don't know for sure, but I have a few theories as to why. Sure. Um, it's easier to harden the electronics for the mechanical pump to things like uh, EMP and ozone and things the truck would see in a battlefield. Okay. And the other big thing, I think, is that they can't make the common rail engines fast enough. That was one of the reasons why the 6.5 was picked in the first place. And why it continues to this day, because the factory can pump out more engines than anybody else, and they can keep up with wartime demand. I'm sure it should. I'm sure the simplicity aspect plays a huge role, like he was saying, you know? I mean, think about middle of nowhere, you know, you're going to have a computer and all this to kind of get you up and going. One interference with an electronic communication, and it's done. It's not going to run. Well, that this is actually right. one of the exact topics I talked to Gail Banks about with his L5 PLMM hybrid yeah. going into the uh, JLTVs. Is like, 
well, why haven't they been putting common rails in it? And to be honest with you, he said almost the exact same stuff. It's like, well, they would have to retrain their entire workforce. And if like you think about how many military mechanics are out there that are in in wartime or, right. or in a situation where like shit breaks, it needs to be fixed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start retraining these guys, and then it, it's a shit right. show. Exactly. Uh, so so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's to me. a really good point too. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, real quick, guys, I just wanted to bring up one of the other sponsors of the show here. Of course, we had Exergy at the top, but we also have WC Fab. Whirly. Whirly. Uh, we've had Jason on the show. We've had his brother Ryan on the show. Yeah. Next two weeks from now, so the week after Thanksgiving. The next two weeks. You're actually going to hear Tyler Franzen, the shop manager over at WC yeah. Fab, on the show with a new budget build episode. Uh, one of the things that they do really, really well over there, probably better than I'd say anybody else, is their S400 stocker twin turbo kits. <coughs> Here at Duramax Tuner, we've been selling their kits forever, uh, literally the whole time that they've had them. They're an amazing kit. I've run, I don't know, a couple dozen trucks with those kits in them uh, myself. It is one of the best driving setups I've ever felt. I mean, depending on power level and, you know, depending on uh, the use of the truck, it's hard to beat. It is hard to beat what you get for your, you know, for your investment. Absolutely. And I think that's why they're becoming one of the most popular upgrades for diesel daily drivers and tow rigs is because they're so practical. You still have that low end throttle response, but you have all of this top end power. And we've talked a ton about twin kits in general on the show here throughout the last two years now, Chris. Um, but one of the things I thought was really interesting about Jason's kit specifically, they're TIG welded, they're built in-house, it's high-flow piping with all the necessary boots, clamps, and hardwares, and powder coat to that finish of your choice. Hundreds of color options. Like I'm thinking twin turbo kit, traction bars, combo, powder coat them the same, right? Black with gold flake. Yes, Dude. sir. That's a hot color. That's a hot color. Of course, if you're going to be looking for uh, twin turbo kits, there's a lot of other accessories and there's a lot of other parts that you're going to need. There might even be some stuff that we don't carry over here at Duramax Tuner. For all of those other parts, we would strongly suggest taking a look at Alligator Performance, our other sponsor here for the show. Uh, The guys at Alligator are literally experts. Uh, When you call there, you're working with an enthusiast who has lived this situation, who has been through this, who has had this truck. Has a truck that you might have or, you know, you had. You know, I mean, they they experience it day in and day out. Absolutely correct. Also, keep an eye out for them for their Cyber Monday Black Friday specials. It's going to be big, guys. Take a look. There's a lot that they have brewing up right now. Absolutely. So check them out. There's tons of deals that they're going to have going on this weekend. One of the largest selections in diesel performance parts. Uh, Seriously, man, buy from an enthusiast. Give a call over to Alligator Performance. Uh, Okay, so we're back here. Sorry, Mike, just had to pay the bills real quick. Um, We we really do love those guys. But uh, okay, so you said there have been a bunch of iterations. You had mentioned the Optimizer, and now I believe it was the P400. Did I catch that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, were, were those the only two like major revisions when they like renamed them? Yeah, there was a major revision from the early six twos to then the six five power plant. That was then. That's when they. That's when they decided to, tur- to turbocharge it. And uh, so then they had normally aspirated and turbo six fives, and then later on, many years later, we're talking twelve years in between or something like that. Okay. Wow. They started the optimizer program. What uh, was the Optimizer The Optimizer came along, first of all, because they were having all kinds of uh, cylinder head and, and, and cracking in the crank uh, in the main bearing cast and cracking in the cylinder heads. So they changed all of the coolant passages. The rear airflow in a Hummer is terrible. You know how they 
look really wide and kind of flat. Yeah. There's not much frontal area, so they the cooling is terrible on them. Um, so, the, so anyway, they, they in, improved the cooling system, and then they went to a girdle system uh, for the main caps instead of the individual mains. Really? Yeah. Okay, so they're really trying to bolt these things together at this point. I like it. I've heard a lot yeah, of guys... Yeah, they are trying to hold them together, for sure. <laughs> I've heard a lot of guys poke at the 6.5 and call it a converted 350, which is pretty honest if you look at the architecture. Yeah, but it's not. It's actually that's a myth. It's not at all. It was uh, bottom up, redesigned as a diesel. Really? Um, che- Chevrolet just does this really cool thing where all the bell housing patterns, all the torque converter patterns, and all the motor mount patterns through all the trucks are exactly the same. So this motor, they designed it so it could just plop in where a three fifty was, real nice and easy. But it was never based on the three fifty. No shit. Myth yeah, it's a completely busted. different architecture. I think we got our title. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, man. Every, anytime you hear the six two, six five, that's what it's always. You know that that's the that's the first thing that's brought up. Is it's just it's just a converted gasoline engine. Yeah, like yeah, it's impressive. So. I guess, you know, you guys see a lot of these, you know, Hummers and, you know, with the six fives. Do you get people that come to you and say, hey, I want more performance. I want more out of this. And if so, what's the route that you go? Like, how do you, how do you modify a six five? Yeah. Yeah. What what do you do? Yes, we have people come in wanting to get more performance out of their Hummers all the time. And I almost always tell them no. (laughs) 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 No, there are a few small things you can do and retain reliability. There's a, uh, there's a marine version of the pump uh, that's uh, got increased passages and higher pressure. There's a marine version of the injectors, which are just old mechanical pop-off injectors. Um, and that's about it. I mean, and then you can go up one side on the turbo, uh, but really that's about it. Uh, intercooling, you can do intercooling, but it doesn't seem to help a whole lot. They're just not performance engines, and they shouldn't be treated like ones, and that's where they completely come apart. So then, what do you do when a guy comes to you and says, "Listen, I want to make 600 horsepower. I want the Hummer. What do you? What, what option do you give him?" Put a Duramax in it. There you go. Yeah. All right, now we're talking. Which you guys have done? Yes, I actually have one on my rack right now. Oh wow! <laughs> this is so, Chris. I think you, even a little bit before you had joined Duramax Tuner, uh, Blair and Mike had shipped us up this Humvee. Okay. Tell me. Tell us a little bit about that truck, would you? Oh yeah, sure. That was the first one Blair had done, actually before me, um, and it kind of it wasn't put together quite as good as we wanted it to be, but it worked. Um, and that's actually the exact same truck that's on my rack right now that I'm completely redoing it. <laughs> Lucky you. And I think it's going to go back to you guys. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. So the truck's coming back us up to us in January. We're going to do a bunch of great video around it. Radio Rich over here, our producer, is going to help us out with uh, cutting some video for it. Um, I'm really excited. Chris loves Chris loves the title Radio Rich, by the way, because our listeners can't see Rich glaring at me when I say it. Yeah, he just gave the bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we are really excited for that truck. So when it came to us last, it had a stock turbo, built trans, Allison, six-speed, LBZ, oh. stuffed into a bare-bones Humvee. And when I say bare-bones, Chris, I mean there was nothing in it. Like, it was, it was the Humvee show. It was, it was all aluminum body. Rag top, um, the, you could bend the doors because it's like just like a wire frame with canvas on it. It's like you could bend the doors yep. with two fingers. Like you could just bend the framing in it. Like then it would, like I drove it all the time. Cause like when it was here, I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna drive this Humvee around. But I would, 
I would never push the water off the top after it rained. Oh, no. So I would, like, turn, and then all the water would splash into that crease in the door and, like, just fall on my lap, and I'd get out, and it looked like I just pissed all over myself. And you're excited to have it back up here. I was so excited. <laughs> awesome. So excited. Um, tell us about the, the rims and tires that they run on Humvees. Uh, the rims and tires, there's been a few, there's been a bunch of versions of those, too. The latest ones are uh, 24 bolts. They're three-piece wheels, um, 16-and-a-half-inch diameter, and they run 37, 1250, uh, either Baja or uh, Wrangler MTs. Dude, they just look fucking mean. Like, yeah, honestly, you we, we put those same that same rim and tire package on yep. our uh, Apache. Yep. And like, it, it does not matter what's going on with the vehicle. You see that rim and tire, and you're like... It means business. This thing's fucking rocking, yep. man. Yep. It is. It just it looks aggressive. <laughs> yeah, they aggressive. look pretty badass. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so we had it up here with those rims and tires on it, got to take it down the drag strip, ran some 13, I want to say Bob claims he ran a 13.5 in it. I know I ran a 13.9, um, and then I broke it. Well, Bob's a better driver than you. It's probably true. Bob's but, better than you at everything. Mm, at the drag strip. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then I broke it. And then the day we got back from the drag strip, Blair calls me, hey, Paul, uh, I'm going to have a truck over there at like two o'clock to pick up the Humvee. It's ready to roll, right? And I'm like, uh, like, yeah, man, I was going to call you. I uh, I kind of broke your shit. Like <laughs> I snapped some bolts off the CV <laughs> shaft. And What's funny is, is I'm surprised you broke it and it wasn't Bob. I know. That's I nuts. No, he beat on it and then I got the yeah, broken yeah, pass. Yeah, there right. You go. There you right. go. Right. But uh, yeah, that that was that was literally. It's got to be in my top three all-time favorite diesel trucks that I've ever driven. So this might end up being like the top one. What's it coming back here for? Ooh. What are we doing? Tell, tell us about the about the restoration project, Mike. Well, I completely frame it, frame off it. I completely stripped it back down to the frame. I rebuilt everything. It's got all new steel. I painted the frame, painted the body, painted the undercarriage, painted the engine. Um, so it's got all fresh rubber, fresh brakes, fresh half shafts. Uh, and then we're going to do, I think we're going to put a six point cage in it. Um, and we're going to put actually some harnesses and, you know, decent seats in it. Uh, you guys are sending us a turbo for it. So it's going to have a hot rod turbo. Um, yeah, other than that, it's going to be pretty much the same. I think we're going to leave the, leave it rag top and. No kidding. Stell 64 VVT yeah. on that bitch, so she's just going to be whistling down the track. Wow, that's going to be Rowdy. fun. Yeah. I mean, you don't see Hummers every day, and then you see one with a Duramax, now you just that 1%. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's my thing. Is like when, when they first told me, like, hey, there's a Hummer coming, in my head I just thought H2, and I was right. like, kind of lame, like, whatever. Right. Um, I was the one who bitched about the seats the most because I drove it, right? right? And, like, they were... Blair actually told me yesterday these were what I drove was actually the upgraded Humvee seats. No, um, dude, yeah. they were they were boxes. Like wow. they were boxes with cloth around them. Like they were awful and no radio and no radio hookup. So like I would drive this truck when it was here. I'd drive it 35, 45 minutes to go to a car show with it. Right, that's I saw it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd pull into the car show and I get out and like literally could just hear my back going like oh it's so it was so uncomfortable but so much fun. I mean it. It's a high dollar vehicle, right? At the end of the day, it's not a luxurious vehicle, but you're buying what it is, right? right? You know, it, uh, you know, you don't see them. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. it's, it's unique. I would say, and let me know when you guys get this thing together and back, if you run into the same problem everywhere I went in that truck, everybody wanted to know what I got for fuel mileage. Seriously? Which is, yeah, like I would literally just start laughing. I'd tell them eight. 
I get eight. Yeah, I, that's the number. That's the number one question I get in them. Like, who oh, the like, fuck who? cares what I get in it? Like, like I have a how, Humvee. How did you get it? Why is it on the street? Why do you have a Duramax in it? Hey, what kind of fuel economy do you get, man? That, right. That's what I want to know. Like, that, what, that's you, not what are you thinking about getting this for your family ride yeah, next right. week? You need to make sure that it's going to uh, fit you know, into your budget. Like, I'll get out of here. I'll yeah. Yeah. No, man, they, that that thing is such a blast. I can't wait to see it. Um, okay, back on six fives because we did want to get get you on here to talk about six fives. Tell me a little bit about the the injector setup in the six fives because they're not the same as like what we see in the Bosch common rail system. No, not at all. It's um, the the whole system is made by uh, Sanadyne, and it's uh, like I said, it's a DB two mechanical pump, so it's an old rotor style mechanical pump. They used the same pump on the on the Ford at the same, at that time too, um, and then like I said, mechanical pop off injectors. Uh, the injectors are not direct injection; they're indirect injection. There's actually a pre combustion chamber that the glow plug and the injector sit inside of. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's really about it. It's really a very simple system, and they're uh, obviously they're mechanical cable throttle. Um, yeah, and that's it. And they also the system also has a mechanical lift pump in it that makes about three psi. <laughs> it's so wild to hear the stats on this stuff because it's so far from what we deal with on a daily basis. Even the the small stuff, or even uh, VP trucks, like it's just so different than what they're still putting in six fives. It's wild to hear that they're even still making them. Uh, do you guys have a- any preference? Like, would you prefer to work on a Humvee six five or like an LB seven Duramax? You know, I really don't have much of a preference, to be honest with you. The 6.5 in the Humvee, uh, you could fix it with, like, a Phillips-head screwdriver and a hammer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of nice to work on those because they're not sensitive. The, um, the Duramax is a little more finicky. Sure. Well, there's more moving parts. There's uh, more complexity, you know, to the setup, which, again, kind of touch on that's why these engines are still being used in military, you know, uh, applications. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Simple, mechanical. Um, they're waterproof. They're completely sealed. The electronics on them. It only takes two wires to start a 6.5. Wait, wait, wait. Back up there. Did you say it's waterproof? Like, you mean you, you can just drive in the rain, or you mean, like, you can submerse your 6.5? No, yeah, a, uh, a, a Humvee uh, with what's called a deep fording kit on it, you can basically drive it in over your head where you need a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the wiring is all um, completely sealed up, and like I said, there are, there's hardly any electronics going to the engine. All you need is a fuel shutoff solenoid and a starter, and the thing will run. Um, so there's very, very little electronics. And if you look through a Humvee, an original Humvee, everything's got these really awesome sealed aluminum uh, antenna connectors and cannon plugs and stuff like that. No water can penetrate into the system. And here's something else neat about the deep fording system on a Humvee. It'll actually reroute crankcase pressure into a venting system that then positively pressurizes the hubs and the diffs and the transmission and transfer case so that water can't come in what what <laughs> yeah 
Uh, I think I heard that I need a 6.5 Humvee. This You're is trying to go off-roading. This is water? finally it. Dude, I got a four-minute drive to work. What happens if Marengo floods under six feet of water and I have to help people? I mean, the entrance of uh, Greenlee, that happens once a year. Yeah, so. we, we really do get about three feet of water before, yeah, in the road coming into work. Well, there you go. You gotta have one. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have one. Company vehicle. Need I guess it. We need to start saving our pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I definitely appreciate you joining us today uh, and getting on the show and talking with us about the six fives. I know I've definitely learned a couple of things I never knew about them. Yeah, I a lot I didn't know. <laughs> um, I know not to buy one. Right, right. Still not, <laughs> still not a great performance application. No. But it sounds like they definitely there's a reason why they're still alive. Yeah, they're simplistic. Yeah, there's definitely a reason why they're still alive. They're not performance engines. That's that's so great, man. Thank you so much. Is there anybody you'd like to give a shout out to today? Oh man, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best shout out ever. That's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for listening. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. Have a great night. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at cehmke at duramaxtuner.com. You can also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. Yes, we have people come in wanting to get more performance out of their Hummers all the time, and I almost always tell them no. <laughs> <laughs>